0: Hi everybody, welcome to the Comments from the Peanut Gallery Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Kurtz. I'm joined here by a very special guest over the phone. This is Serena de Jesus. How are you doing today? I'm
1: doing great. Thanks for having me on.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much for taking, uh, taking the time, joining us all the way from sunny Las Vegas. Now, Serena, real quick, just before we get into the thick of things... Why don't you let everybody know where they can follow you at on social media? Any sort of management sponsors anybody in that and in that like that you might want to shout out right away.
1: All right. Well, um, everybody can follow me at Twitter, Instagram, etc. Hell, even on Reddit now. at Serena Southall. Um, I like to thank all my sponsors: Art Painting, Total Nutrition, um, Fighter Alias, um, Healing the Healing Panda, and Madison um, Valor. Along with um, Jersey pro, so thank you guys for helping keep
0: the streak going. Awesome, yeah, absolutely. So you're one and all as a pro, is that correct? Yes. Okay. How, describe what that transition was like, going from uh, you know, going from your amateur career into that pro, uh, making that jump into the pro scene. What was that like for you? Honestly, to me, it's not
1: like another day in the office. I mean, the only thing for me that changed was really the rule set. And slightly slight the amount of time, but I'm used to, to like sparring five minutes, you know, five, five minute rounds in the gym. Um, as an amateur in Vegas and in um, Pennsylvania, where I first started, um, the rounds were two minutes a piece, which I thought was a load of crap because all, you could just like wrestle fuck somebody and then just win the round that way. I mean, I like wrestling, but I know a lot of girls who would just hold on to dear life and just not do anything and just play and pray. And it was annoying. Um, and I can throw elbows now, so hoo elbows, so yeah. other than that, for me, the transition from amateur to pro was not too significant to me, it didn't feel any, any different, so everybody gets different feelings, but for me, it was okay.
0: <laughs> nice, that's understandable. So how long have you been out there? You train out of syndicate out there in Las Vegas. How long have you been there?
1: Um, I've been there full time since about 2015. Um, I actually started going there, um, 2014. Um, and that's how I met, um, my friend Roxy, uh, Roxy Amalfari, you know, number five and, you know, in the flyweight division of Um, I met her because the year before I went to Thailand, and I wanted to go again, because I was still doing Muay Thai fights. So, but what happened is in 2014, political riots and I didn't want to go halfway across the world and potentially be stuck in a dangerous situation. So I found, I messaged her asking if I could come train with her at Syndicate and she said yes and you know I just saw how great Syndicate was and I stayed.
0: That's awesome. You know, I have a good buddy who's out there at Syndicate along with you, and one of the comments from the Peanut Gallery sponsored fighters that would be Justin Osborne. So shout out to the Machine. I know he's been out there uh, putting in work, and he speaks very highly of all of his uh, all of his teammates and coaches out there at Syndicate. Yeah, he's a good dude. He's he's a, he's
1: a treasure trove of knowledge too. Like. um he helps he helps with the small details of certain things, like for example grappling. I love to play Spider Guard. And he gave me some small feedback that greatly up my um, my game from playing around with a key and general with Spider Guard, so he's a good dude.
0: Yeah, and just as you mentioned right there, you want to talk about a wealth of knowledge and information my man, the machine is literally a machine of knowledge. You can ask him a question about, you know, I probably could throw out a question to Justin right now. Hey, do you remember the main event of UFC 74 or just throw out some crazy event in the past? And he'll know exactly what I'm talking about. He'll remember the entire sequence of that fight and how everything went down. So he is like a sponge when it comes to retaining some of that information
1: that but more like um historical facts um more like psychology sociology and all basically a lot of humanities and reading i try to make a little freelance i have made a little freelance career out of that actually so and you know my little brother kids help you know pro bono but that's because he's my little brother
0: (laughs) no that that's definitely that's the truth there now just kind of give us uh, you know let us know what what has brought you to this point. Who really is when you peel back the curtain, who is Serena Southpaw? Like,
1: who am I as a person? Like how have I got well, I honestly, you know, like most things in life I think I've just kinda got there because I'm just stubborn. But um I really have enjoyed fighting. Fighting and training in general has really brought me be able to communicate with people because I'm on the, I'm on the autism spectrum. Um, I didn't really socialize with too many people until I got to fighting. And I advocate how, how great training is for people in the spectrum, or at least to at least give it a shot or do, do things that they're good in their niche for. Um, like, for example, fighting is great for me because I like routine. So classes are this day, this day, this day. We're drilling, so you know, for other people in the spectrum, like doing a set, you know, a set kind of movement for a little bit of time, and most importantly, because I, I don't feel as much pressure to talk to people because they're all, all on the same mission of me, which is to get them you feel know, better every single day so they can win their fights or at least give everybody help.
0: Awesome, awesome. Now, I have to ask you because me and Justin have had some, uh, some you know, extended conversations about. What it's like within your profession as, you know, as somebody who sits on the autism spectrum, you know, what sort of, what has been one of the biggest challenges for you, you know, as you've gone through your travels with your career, as you've progressed through time? What is, you know, I guess if you were to say, what is a major difficulty that you have to overcome on a frequent basis, what would that be for you specifically?
1: Um some changes in routine, you know, I have, like, you know, some sensory issues, um, you know, that that are manageable, but I try to still hide them a little bit, Um, but other than that, you know, as long as I adapt around it, I'm pretty good, Um, you know, I'm also, you know, with the sensory issues, now we have fight or flight being added into it on fight night, so it's just, I have to take a little bit more extra work on on my, you know, for me and, you know, take care of my mental health a bit more.
0: Now you you hit that topic there with uh, with taking care of your mental health. What does that look like? Is that you know like is that a sports psychologist? Is that doing any sort of like therapy or or what does that look like specifically?
1: Um, I have a sports psychologist, Carlos Soto, who's really helpful. Um, because he found out from my old boxing coach, I'm autistic. He's been actually helping me pro bono, which I'm very appreciative of. Um, But I talk to them like, okay, is this this way because I'm an athlete, or is this what's going on in my head happening because I'm autistic? So there's a fine line I feel that I walk all the time. We have my one foot in the athletic world, and then we have my other foot in the autistic world, and... I guess, you know, I'm trying to figure out which one is which all the time so sometimes I'll guess myself until I can kind of pick his brain or if I can't have, if I can't give him a call I'll talk to my strength and conditioning coach Lorenzo who's very good with mindset and knows how I operate so yeah, that's what taking care of my mental health looks like mostly.
0: Okay. Well, it sounds like you've got a pretty good, uh, you know, pretty good routine that you use to, you know, keep yourself in check with all of your training across the board. You guys do have some elite level coaching out there between Coach Wood, to Coach Lawler, Neil Melanson, AJ. You know, with you mentioning your your Thai background or your training with uh, with a Thai style. What has that been like having more so, you know, a Thai specialist like AJ Matthews coming in at, within the recent time at Syndicate?
1: Oh, he's so fun! I um, love how he's how he teaches. Very enthusiastic, and I never thought I could find someone who could make my kicks more deadlier. You know. So just the little bits of things he's, you know, twisted in, in what I do has made a huge difference. And even when I'm like, oh, my awesome, I'll test it. like, okay, so he's going to do this with my arm, do this with my body, and then I throw a kick I'm my... Wow. <laughs> so I, I love what he does, simple and efficient, just basically how my whole
0: style is anyways. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Well, that's always great to hear that way. You know, with... Uh, with- you guys being in close proximity with you know with all the big Vegas events and all that do you have a fair amount of i guess guest Guests dropping in, you know, between different fighters to maybe cel- the, in the celebrity space out there since it's kind of became the in thing for certain entertainers going to different gyms and training here and there, especially places like Jay Glazer's gym right out there in LA that seems to always be every couple of weeks there's some celebrity that was stopping in hitting pads or doing something of that nature. Do you come across uh, that a well, lot? Um, one
1: of my teammates is um, Patrick Cornett. He's on ninety. Um, 90- Nine to Day Fiance, but I've known him before because we both came up through the amateurs together. Um, and he has Flavor Flames. He knows Flavor Flav, so Flavor Flav has come to the gym. He's also come, been out of fights. So that was pretty cool to see. Um, but other than that, we don't have, like, Hollywood celebrities. So, like, as much come in, we've had other fighters. Like, I just, you know, saw Kevin Ross that came in today. Oh, nice. Um, and uh, Amanda Nunes likes to finish her... Um, she's fighting in vegas she likes to come into syndicate and finish her fight camps with us um but yeah we have a whole lot of people like you know in the mma world who come in it's kind of cool and you know even even some people who have been like a staple forever in mma but i even though i see him i always feel like so blessed out of the day like when i first came to syndicate i saw tom Lawler. i'm like oh, oh my god it's tom Lawler! I still get that a feeling a little bit like, oh, my God, it's Tom Lawler. Yeah. You know, that's just because I grew up with him, watching him do all his silly things
0: and do cool shit, so. <laughs> you know, I have to ask, with you mentioning Tom Waller, and he's, he's kind of his likeness or his name has became... More in the public eye again within the last couple of months since he's kind of tailed off with his his actual fight career, and now that he's transitioned into coaching. But once the whole John Jones saga happened, obviously you know the relatable name in that regard was Coach Lawler. How you know what what is what was the temperature in the room like when that happened? When basically something that he was hit with everything in the books from uh you know from the authorities to basically John's being turned the other cheek. What was the th- what was the thought on that?
1: The thought was it was bullshit. Look, and even now we just recently saw you started saying, Oh, we fucked up, but there's no there's no, you know, restitutions being paid, there's no nothing. Um, so the whole temperature in the room and in the gym up here was that was a little shit. Like, you flagged so many other fighters who don't make money for the UFC. And now someone who does make you money, oh, they get a little fly-by. You know, because people need to remember, USADA is employed by the UFC. So the UFC pays them. I'm not trying to, I'm not going to imply, like, oh, my God, maybe they slip money for each side to go hush-hush. But there was serious false and balls drop somewhere and it's cost somebody their career and that is not okay it's something that should be
0: intended to make sure at the very least it doesn't happen again you know I, I could not agree with you more on that side of things it's been a an interesting ride ever since the USADA era has began with the UFC to say the least that's uh yep. you, know, you you can and, and I say interesting in the sense that We've now came to find out that they're not testing for everything each and every time. They're only testing for certain stuff as it goes, especially as we learned with the TJ case. Why isn't something like EPO being tested for all the time? Why aren't some of these other compounds and substances being a regular thing that's being screened for considering all of the amount of resources that they're dumping into USADA? Why is that not a bigger thing? I, I just I, I was shocked that they you know that they came out and said that they don't test for it every single time. I'm sure that has yeah, to be a shocker I mean, for you.
1: Money and like Billy, but I've heard that a lot of fighters, even outside the mixed martial arts world, like for example with boxing, they fear WADA more than they would fear SADA. So if fear the world anti-doping you know, then they would fear US. So there's something. If other fighters from other organizations regularly get drug tests and say that, we need to take a step back and look at what's going on, and potentially
0: change the procedures. I I agree with you. You know, I I think that we're seeing eye to eye on that subject. You know, it's also interesting though that, that you brought up WADA because in one of the again back to John Jones with another test example. I, I don't remember which fight that it was specifically because at this point, I mean, let's be honest about it. He's popped multiple times, so it's hard to keep all the details from each and every time straight. But uh-huh. with one of the fights, he passed two of the WADA tests, but the test that he failed was one from their third-party private quest diagnostics test, which he passed the two blood tests but failed the urine test. So, you know, I don't know. It, it just seems like there's a, there's a lot of good old boys clubs sometimes going on with the testing that it make, makes it tough to trust. You know, you want to put your trust in the process, but with there being some glaring inconsistencies, it just it makes you wonder. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And all
1: these, all these things are making everybody lose faith in, you know – usada and wada and everybody it's just we don't know And the average person we don't know exactly what they're testing for now now we don't know if they're actually going to do their job right now we just don't know so it's like what is the point anymore of having these guys if we do not have transparency with, with the fans at least
0: correct no definitely, and you know I, I want to ask your opinion on this because it's been something that has been you know I, I'm deep down the rabbit hole of sources of a lot of different forums and MMA chats and all that sort of stuff just always trying to figure out different different talking points but after this last weekend with the uh, did, did you catch the Andrage and thug Rose fight Yes I did what what are your thoughts on that just surface level before I get into my point here
1: Oh oh girl you know was waxing Andrade on the feet like no one's business and just didn't fight, got comfortable being on the cage and well I mean everyone's saying we have all these new conspiracy theories like oh Andrage cat during this and now oh she got spiked technically well, she didn't and everybody up to Big John McCarthy said she didn't. Did it suck for Rose to go up that way? Absolutely. I'm still heartbroken because I love Rose, but I also love Andrade. Andrage has come to our gym too to train. She's a genuinely good human being. But I'm not gonna take this win away from Andrade. I mean, this is fighting. Shit goes south, you know? And all you gotta do is just, sometimes just accept it, you know? And everybody who's officiating, even the OG who basically almost made the rules for mixed martial arts to say, if we're legal,
0: and drop it. That's it. <laughs> right. No, I, I am not uh, I'm not at all debating on the legality of the slam or anything like that. There were some people that were debating, well, should that be out? But at the same time, that was the same crowd who was cheering when Robbie slammed and basically like F5 or whatever the exactly. WWE move to Ben Askren was. But my thought right. with Jessica Andrade, being that we were talking about, you know, potential, you know, supplements or that sort of stuff out there based off of the comments made by Claudia Gadelia that she made some serious allegations that she thinks that that Jessica Andrade might be on the sauce a little bit.
1: Well, if she is and she gets outed, okay, then strip her of the title. Give it back to Rose. Right. Just like we did when John Jones popped and we and the title went back to D C as it should have. That's it. I mean I don't know. I mean honestly I'm always considered i as a mini Wanderlei Silva just the way how she can just her style. It's very reminiscent of Vanderlei. And well it didn't disappoint. She just straight up just came in and just just muffled muscled around, just that just demolishes people.
0: And that's my question for you. You know, as a uh, as a woman in mixed martial arts, you saw some of the displays of strength that she had at you know at one hundred and fifteen pounds, being able to you know to lift and slam basically twice. And that's you know that that's varied weight. That's a, that's an awkward weight picking up a body in that fashion. That's right. not something that you normally see or that you typically see from. From the women's side in MMA, you don't see a lot of those, I guess, brute strength moves in that regard. With it being that that was a straw weight fight, and that this was you know a 115 pound contest, did that maybe raise any sort of red flags in your eyes, or did you do you just happen to think that she is just that much of a you know that much of a pit bull in her brute strength and being able to do the things that she does?
1: Well, let this, there was another girl who fought two weight classes below. She was a and she just dusted a, a phantom weight. Does that, I mean, this is, like I said, this is fighting anything can happen. I think it's bizarre to other people because the, the last time we see, the most of the times we see slams is from men, from Rampage slamming people to what happened with Robbie Lawler, slammed Ben Askren. You know, we don't typically see women slams that much. It's very rare. It's like a unicorn. It's like, oh my god, there it is. But um, yeah, it was weird, because in strong weights specifically, we definitely don't see too many slams, but strong can be just as dangerous. I remember on sparring another a former weight teammate, um, Jessica Rose Clark, in our, in our gym, and they were going fucking at it. Part of my language was like, she was cool with me, because I'm kind of like, I'll hit you as hard as you're hitting me, all right, but like, Something escalated with those two. It looked like a fucking war out there, and Andrade was holding her own against Jesse Jess. It was very interesting to watch.
0: Okay, well, it's always interesting to hear. Like I say, I just wanted to gain a little bit of perspective and kind of pick your brain about it because obviously, yes. you know, you're you're someone who has some skin in the game directly in that uh, you know with with somebody like Andraj and mentioning that she, you know that she's came through and trained. So I just wanted to know what your perspective on that was directly.
1: Yeah, I'm just like until there's are solid proof. I mean, just let it go. I mean, was it weird? Yeah, for sure. But I'm really, honestly, because don't go on MMA Twitter right now. MMA Twitter is just too much. And just seeing all that, I'm just like, y'all need to take a step back. <laughs> don't y'all have a family? Don't y'all have a job to do versus <laughs> doing this right now? Oh
0: I mean, yeah, it's yeah. a
1: nightmare on there because they're like throwing all these accusations out there. It's just like if it happens if it's true, it's true. But let's so, just chill for a second here.
0: No, I, I could totally understand you there on that one, and you know it, it is very, uh, it is very easy to speculate or to throw out some quick judgment on on that regard. I'm not trying to, you know, point the finger at her by any means. Just like you said, you know, we'll we'll see if that were to come out, it would be something that if if it were to be the situation, I I guess I probably wouldn't be surprised to see that. I, uh, I was on record calling the TJ Dillashaw popping for, you know, for probably at least a year and a half prior to when it happened. Some of my background is working in the fitness industry, working in gyms of that sort. So seeing just kind of the way that the body composition was, was a red flag to me based off of prior, you know, just prior occupation, prior background stuff to be basically chiseled out of, uh, to be chiseled out of stone and to hold next to no body fat percentage as except for in that lower pectoral region right around the you know the lower nipple area the way that TJ did yeah, that's yeah. 100% a red flag to me that's what's you know that's gyno nips right there that's something that i thought for a long time that he was showing signs of but it, he just kept on going through fight after fight without coming hot well i mean even after allegations from guys like Cody Garbrandt, who even named the exact substance that he popped for, you know, it, it's just kind of crazy. Kind of crazy to me that sometimes that the red flags, you know, it sometimes physiologically where there's smoke, there's fire. If you see those certain sort of tells with body composition, that's only done by certain responses within your endocrine system and from certain hormones that fire. So I I don't know that's that's maybe just me looking from it from having a, a background from an industry where it runs rampant, mm-hmm. but but yeah I, I don't know I also I also have a background in baseball everybody knows the background of PEDs in baseball so oh, yeah. I I've, I've seen a lot of what this looks like and so some yes. some cases it's just it's not a surprise once it finally comes yeah. out.
1: All I know is I'm unqualified. I'm just a fighter. If I had a background in science, maybe I might start calling it my background in psychology. So if, if there's some psychological problems, like maybe she like, did some telekinesis and levitated the uh, roads and just slammed then I could probably speak on that. But for right now I can't, you know?
0: I respect that, absolutely. You know, I think that's that's <laughs> undervalued if people take that position in that, in that regard. Now, to piggyback on that, you mentioned with your background with psychology, how do you feel that that helps you... As a fighter, just knowing, uh, knowing those sort of neurological pathways that you may be able to help yourself through.
1: Um, it, psychology is good. I went into it in college actually to start learning more about myself. Um, you know, just me and my autism and the world around me. Like, is this right? Is that right? You know, and just learn about everything. So I did that. And I also did, so- I did sociology. I did anthropology. Just I want to learn about people. You know, just so I wouldn't stick out as much. Um, but I really enjoyed it. It actually paid off in, in a very unexpected way. Um, I'm a kids coach for in jiu-jitsu alongside uh, Roxanne Matafari at Syndicate. She has a hard time when kids are crying, knowing what to do. So she's basically like, child crying, Serena, here you go. And I know what to do, basically, from um, you know, from college, to what to do to keep the kids crying, you know, from crying like distraction and all sorts of other stuff like that. Like, you know, because kids, you know, they get a little bummed. they're like, eh, because I'm dealing with um four to eight-year-olds in the class. So, kids don't cry, but I have to run like, hey, the a cry, maybe you feel better. And then they take that second to think and they're like, huh, maybe not really. Or I distract them, like, teach them how to breathe. So, they're not focusing per se on the pain itself but on the act of breathing and then they get back to the class faster. So little aspects like that has really been helpful
0: for me as a kids coach. That's understandable there. Now I want to transition a little bit away from the from the fight game just to just to peel back the curtain and learn a little bit more about you for the people out there. You know, outside of the fight game, what what do you like to do? What takes up your time? You know, what what is something that helps Quiet the noise, if you will, when you're not training.
1: When I'm not training or I'm not working, I like to I like to read a lot. I read a lot about um, books on stoicism because I try. I want my ultimate goal is to be stoic. Is you know stoic is a weird word because I don't think you're just stone faced and you're cool with whatever. No, it's I want to be able to handle whatever mental challenges you know or just things life will throw at you without being anxious, without you know feeling under pressure. I read
0: a lot of those, I read novels, I love my
1: anime and video games, can't take that away from me. <laughs> Are you a Dragon Ball Z fan? Yes. Yeah. It's been a hot minute, but yes, I, I grew up on
0: that. That old Tsunami, that was my shit. <laughs> <laughs> nice. My, uh, my, my brother was a big fan of all of that tsunami stuff. I, I was probably, you know, I, I was a kid who never watched a ton of TV growing up. As far as like the cartoons and all of that, so I always take the word of everybody. You know, a lot of uh, a lot of my friends and teammates over here at uh, at Factory X are huge. Fans of uh, of Dragon Ball Z and a lot of the you know the anime stuff in general, just because of the heavy martial arts base, obviously. So just half the time, I'm kind of that guy who's sitting there in the conversation of stuff going back and forth between them about talking about you know the different characters, and I just nod my head and act like I know what's going on, and I just take your word for it. Yeah, I mean, there's one anime I'm watching
1: right now called My Hero Academia. It's, pretty, it's gotten pretty popular right now. Um, but I relate to it on such a spiritual level, you know, because of the main character. Long story short, the main character doesn't have superpowers like everybody else around him, but he wants to be a superhero like everybody else around him, and he had to earn his superpowers. Basically, be, me being on the spectrum, I relate to that a lot. Because honestly, like if someone told me five, six years ago this would be my life, I'd be training with one of my heroes out in Las Vegas, I would have thought they were on crack. Quite honestly, I didn't exactly picture myself being here. I mean, I was a, like, you know, I was an MMA fan since I was a little girl because my dad got VHS tapes of UFC wa- and I watched it with him. But I didn't anticipate I'm going to be a fighter until I just really went into it. And so that anime, it particularly hits me on a spiritual level and I just enjoy the hell out of it.
0: That's awesome. Well, like I say, I always like to just kind of, you know, learn a little bit about what you do outside of fighting because for everybody it's usually a different a different answer you know we're out out here in colorado obviously so there's a lot of outdoor attractions a lot of people out here or a lot of the fighters just you know like to get up to the mountains for a, a little hike or you know a quick little lake visit or something to that effect but like i say right. there's a, there's a, a lot of things like you know like reading or you know specific tv shows that you may get into and binge just to kind of you know take the take the stress away let you clear the clutter of the you know that the mental stress that may be coming along with training work all that other stuff you know so I, I, say, I just always like to like to learn a little bit more and and connect on that level some more
1: yeah, I like to hike, but unfortunately, you know, I don't. I don't have the ability to do it so often. Like I go to Red Rock and stuff, but I'm in
0: Pennsylvania, where there are waterfalls everywhere, I can start climbing up on them and everything. Yeah, that's awesome. So you're you're from Pennsylvania originally, right?
1: Yes, born and raised in Philadelphia.
0: Born and raised in Philly. Okay, so I could sense. You know, I, I get where that aggression comes a little bit. You know, I could see where the uh, where the fighter comes out. <laughs>
1: Look, I promise I didn't throw any snowballs at Santa Claus. I promise. <laughs> but I, 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 can't, I can't confirm or deny that I may have put batteries in a snowball and thrown throw them at somebody for being a dick. <laughs> really? That's a Philly snowball. That's, that's basically a city tradition. If someone's being a dick, you just put some double A's in a snowball and just chuck them.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't imagine that, that would uh, that would be too fun of a time to encounter.
1: Oh, true. But again, don't be a dick. Don't, especially in the snow time. Like everybody in the winter is an asshole because we got these safeties where everyone's saving spots and they get the fights the parking spots and shit. It gets real. But then again, we are also the city that almost burned down our fucking city when the Eagles won. And I'm not gonna lie, I would be standing on something, but not on something like a, like a little you know covering that can collapse.
0: Well, hey, you got to celebrate with something like that, you know. I, I can, uh, I can totally understand the the crazy mania of sports fandom. You know, it, it didn't get that didn't get as bad here when the Broncos won a couple years back, but I definitely remember as a kid for Super Bowl Thirty Two. When the, when the Broncos beat the Packers when they were out in San Diego that there was, uh, I just remember watching the news and seeing how there was, you know, people going through the streets and all that. I don't remember all the exact details, but I know at that point, you know, it was, uh, it was a lot more along those lines the way that, that Philly was. It was definitely not you know, Philly, when you guys won the Super, the Super Bowl, that was almost like a scene out of The Purge. Yep. It, it was
1: awesome. Except you know, well, thankfully, no one got killed. I think the only reason we did not burn down the entire city is that Bud Light promised Philadelphia if we won the Super Bowl, there'd be free beer. So in the city's mind, it's like, how do we have free beer if there's no city left to give out free beer? So they kind of kept it, kept the damage to a minimum.
0: <laughs> well, I guess you got to leverage your uh, leverage your assets or leverage what's available for you with resources in any way that you possibly can, right? <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: I mean, and, and with that, what what's better than you know celebrating with uh you know with free libations after a big win like that, especially with the drought you know the way that Philly had it. I know that it was a a major deal with a lot of Philly fans. You know, shout out to Coach Danny Molina from Skywalker Boxing, one of my uh, one of my very uh, very highly respected mentors in this game. He's a huge Philly fan, so same exact thing. I, I totally understand where that goes. <laughs>
1: No, the best part is that is this because um, Tom Lawler is originally from Boston, but so he's a Patriot oh, fan. Okay, I strutted in the gym the next day with this big, the biggest fucking grin on my face. But like, "Don't you start!" I'm like I am on my bullshit all week. We aren't even started. We haven't even started yet. <laughs>
0: oh, I I would have been at one hundred percent, especially because. I am the anti-Tom Brady. I am definitely hey not Brady. a Patriots fan.
1: Fuck that dude. <laughs> yep,
0: fuck you, Tom Brady. I that That is one of my most... I, I mean, I respect the greatness, don't get me wrong, but that doesn't mean that I can't say, you know, that I just absolutely despise everything about that son kiss and son of a bitch. I, mm-hmm. I just, I, I can't stand Tom Brady. I've never been a big fan of him, never really have been, and just the, the whole Patriots world. Obviously, you know, being, being from the Colorado area, huge Denver Bronco fan, I'm Team Peyton. But even before Peyton came to the Broncos, when he was still a Colt, I was still more along the lines of Team Peyton as opposed to Team Brady. I feel like a lot of people out there with you know who they chose as their guy. It was one or the other. It was kind of like that that either you're a, you're either a Red Sox guy or a Yankees guy. You're either a Duke guy or a Tar Heels guy. That sort of situation, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, I was always always more on the uh, the pro Peyton side than uh, than Brady. So even now that Peyton's gone, I still am not a Tom Brady fan.
1: Good on ya. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, I posted a uh, I posted a, a story the other day because just one of those you know anthem type of songs that you know you're just kind of hyped to in a way the the Bad Boys for Life song by by Bad Boys you know by uh, by P Diddy back in the day. That song, you know. Tom Brady and Gronk went around through or right after the Super Bowl and they were playing that song as they were getting on the bus and so my question for everybody out there and this is the only time that it's ever came about on any of the polls that we've done it was a dead even 50-50 split I said did Tom I just posted a picture of like my music app playing that song did Tom Brady ruin this song and so it it was a dead even 50-50 split Split so, I don't know. I guess I got to ride with the people and give it another chance if it was a push.
1: It, they ruined no, they ruined that song just like how uh, Dallas Cowboys ruined "Beat It." They ruined that song for life for me too. So fuck
0: that. <laughs> that. That's fair. That's fair. You know, because in my head, I was you know when it came on, it just came on shuffle, and I was like, man. This song used to be kind of like a, you know, a feel good, like especially you know when you're running. That's one of those songs where you can just kind of that that three and a half minutes of that song when you're on your runs just kind of goes by like no time because you can just kind of vibe with it. But the whole time I was thinking like, God, I, all, all I think of is Tom Brady and Gronk right now. And I don't know how I feel about that. So I'm glad that I'm glad that you shared you share that same thought that I have on that yeah so I just want to ask you a couple of quick fire questions as we transition on our, our way out with things this I, is, th- these will be a little bit more uh, fight specific questions stand okay. up or ground game for me stand
1: up
0: Dutch style or Thai style um I don't
1: know anymore I used to be playing old Thai but I've been doing a lot of Dutch style like especially with the block so I, I guess I'll be for uh, Dutch
0: Dutch okay wrestling or jujitsu
1: Wrestling.
0: More versatile. More versatile. Okay. Are you a tub cutter or a sauna cutter?
1: Tub, and I hate it entirely because again, my sister issues it's just her. Extreme temperature change. All of a sudden just hurts.
0: What is the hardest food for you to give up while you're in, in the cut process?
1: Hmm, that's a good one. I would I guess just bread. You know, just having, like, an excess amount of bread. That's all it is. Like, I can't have just a little
0: bit because then I want to eat more. <laughs> totally understandable there for you. I can't blame you. I like to eat myself. If you had to name a your dream matchup at any weight class, who would that be? Anybody in, in, you know, in history, retired or current, who would that be?
1: Right for me to fight. I really don't know. All I know is I want to fight Lisa Spangler. I've been a- angling for that fight since we were amateurs. Now she's got to fight again in Zikra. I mean, I don't focus on big, huge fights. I just want to fight people who I've been supposed to fight for three fucking times now. <laughs>
0: That's understandable, too. Well, I was going to ask that, you know, of, of all time, if you were to say, you know, if, if you were to have that dream you know say say the big marquee lights match up whatever of anyone from any class doesn't matter super fight situation you know who would you want to go out there and you know take the walk against some you know it could be someone like a ronda to gina carano to you know nunes to whoever it may be out there if you were to say fuck that it, why one, not ronda
1: fuck it i mean my style would be great anyway why not? I always like to
0: test myself, so fuck it, why
1: not her? <laughs> Go with
0: Ronda? Okay. Oh, hell yeah. Well, and, and I feel like that's not the uh, not the worst one to say in the world, too, because obviously there would be a nice uh, nice bag waiting for you if Ronda was in the mix.
1: Mm-hmm. Always.
0: Yep, yep, absolutely. You know, it, it, with, with her obviously being one of the biggest pioneers within women's MMA... And her making the transition into pro wrestling—is that something that you would ever maybe see yourself doing, going into the sports entertainment end of things? Once the fight career starts to starts to get to the end of the road, or would you just kind of, once fighting is done, you're going to pursue some other avenues?
1: Um, it honestly, all depends on how good of a shape my body is. I mean, if that body can still do stuff, I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind. Um, one of my teammates. Um, is actually a pro wrestler as well. Um, she's engaged to Jeff Cobb um, from um, New Japan and um, Ring of Honor. Um, and she also does pro wrestling herself. So once I learned basically watch pro wrestling like an anime or like a, or some people call it a redneck soap opera, it actually became a lot more entertaining for me. And me and Roxy always have a good dynamic. And we both kind of had the, the nod like... If we ever go in, we're going in as a, as a tag team duo. Because you know, fuck it. I like I like to do things. I'm never the type of person who wants to sit around and sit at a desk and do nothing because that would literally just be the worst thing for me. Like that, mentally, physically, spiritually, sitting at a desk was never good for
0: me. I mean, I feel like that's what what makes you fighters the the great athletes that you are. You know, if if you were comfortable with being comfortable and that just to a certain extent level of physical complacency and a sedentary lifestyle, you wouldn't be who you are. You know, you wouldn't be that person who is pushing themselves every day in the gym if you were okay with the status quo. I think that's a testament to your your mental fortitude that you're willing to put yourself in uncomfortable positions in order to test yourself on a, on a regular basis and figure out who you really are and, you know, how strong your middle really is.
1: Upgrade.
0: Hmm. <laughs> you know, I, I just want to ask you real quick as we've been chatting for a little bit now, is there anything that you might want to get out there for your fans or the people listening that we might not have touched on up to this point?
1: Um, no, I think we've covered all the bases. I just really want to appreciate, uh, you know, thank and appreciate all the people who supported me? Um, you know, I'm work. I'm now doing um, autism self-defense seminars here in North, Las Vegas here at the MMA, And um, last month was a pretty was a pretty good one. I had um, Justin Osborne helping me along with my little brother, who's also on the spectrum. And as a freshman varsity wrestler in uh, high school, helped me out. Because um, honestly, everything I do, I mean, money's great, fame's great, but my ultimate goal as a fighter is to make sure that no no audits go through what I've gone through. And so far with my two autistic siblings, I'm doing a great job. And, you know, as long as I can spread that gift around, like,
0: you know, that's all I want. Well, I definitely wish you nothing but the best of luck in uh, in all of your endeavors, whether it be career, whether it be on the philanthropy end and giving back to, you know, giving back to the community and, you know, people who, May just need a little bit of uh, a little bit of an extra push, whether it be you know just that that positive words of encouragement or whatever you may, might be able to help them out with on the psychology side of things. I think that's very 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 valuable, and I highly respect that. Thank you. Yeah. So like I say, I want to thank you very much for taking the time to, to come on the show today and to open up and share us a little bit more about yourself and where you might see things going. You know, For everybody out there listening and watching along, as you guys can see, we've got a little bit of a new scenery in the backdrop here for us. We've just got some updates here at the studio office here at the comments from the peanut gallery studio inside Factory X. So, if I, if you guys like what you see, please visit www.cftpg.com. We do have all of our official, official merchandise there available. Everything from your Traveler Tumbler coffee mugs to summertime's coming up. Got your tank tops, t-shirts. We do still have our fall and winter collection items available, including but not limited to crew necks hoodies everything of that nature so your support is greatly appreciated and that goes into the direct benefit of all of our fighters out there i just want to say thank you very much to factory x as well as lion league music want to throw a quick shout out also to my man lance spot out there who trains at syndicate i'm sure you've ran into lance a few times Spent yeah. uh, spent the weekend with Lance a couple weeks ago when he was out here in Colorado for LFA. So shout out to you, Lance, my man. Always good to uh, always good to see you. Now, like I say, Serena, thank you so much for taking the time to come on today. I really do appreciate it. It's been great getting to know you. Yeah, no
1: problem. Again, thank you for having me on. I mean, this
0: is awesome. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, hopefully we can do this again sometime. And uh, and you know, I'm interested in following along with the progress over your career and. I'll be out there in Vegas before too long and uh, visiting Justin and some of my other friends that are out there. So we'll uh, we'll, oh, we'll hopefully see. link up and grab lunch or something like that. Hey, bonus
1: points to do it before right after I have a fight because I'm hoping to fight again this summer. We're looking at either July or August. So we'll
0: see. <laughs> awesome. Well, hopefully uh, hopefully all the stars align and we're able to make all of this happen there for you. Thank you so much again for taking the time, and for those of you out there listening, we are the comments from the Peanut Gallery Podcast. Give us a look on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, Google Play Music, any DSP platform essentially, and also check us out at www.cftpg.com. Thank you very much, and have a great rest of your night. Signing out. Sleepless nights, I lay awake thinking about the future. While you lie in bed, I'm getting cake, rolling loud Buddha. Ain't enough hours in the day to do what I'm doing make felony music so criminals can get high to it. We ride to it and fly through the sky moving at light speed. So don't blink, you might lose this spaceship. We ride in that fly shit. You couldn't try this way of living, you die quick. No chance of sleep, I'm wide awake on this night. Rolling up my loud in hopes it'll help lower my eyes dilated. Now I'm faded, mouth real dry, see some energy to wet my tongue feel real nice looking for a baddie come to bed with me open the thighs let her rub my back as i'm blowing pack finish the night roll big trees fat sticks that's a lot of lumber sipping mixed drinks blowing tweets till i achieve slumber yeah